Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. Welcome to Dothan First. We are so excited that you have chosen to spend your Easter worshiping here with us. Before we start our service today, there are a few things I want to tell you about. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're so glad you're here with us. If this is your first time here, or maybe your second or third, and we haven't got to meet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us yet, we would love to do that today. In the seat back in front of you, you'll find a connection card. Take that, fill it out, and turn it in at guest reception after the service where some of our pastors and leaders will be waiting to meet you and give you a gift for spending your Sunday morning here with us. If you're online or in the building but would prefer to do it electronically, you can text D1TEXT to 84576 or scan this QR code. Here you'll not only find our online connection card, but other ways you can get connected here at the church. Some of those ways being baptism, life groups, and grow track. Grow track is our next step for you at the church here, where you'll find out more about Dothan First and what God has placed inside of you as an individual. It's a great class that's a great on-ramp to getting involved here at the church, so be sure to sign up for that as our next round of classes will be beginning soon. We had a great day yesterday at our egg hunt, and today we've got so much happening, so much excitement is in the room today because Jesus is here. He has risen, and he's here with us today. So each week before we start our service, we pray for other pastors, churches, and leaders here in our area. But today, I just want to take time to pray for all of the churches in our area. We're all going after the same mission today to make Jesus known in our community. So lift up all the churches today as you think about it. Today's going to be a great day. We've got a great service planned. So go ahead and stand up and get ready for worship.
Happy Easter to you. So glad that you came to worship with us today. As we continue in worship, we'll have our elders available for prayer in the back corners of the lower section and the balcony in the upper corner there. So whatever you need, they would love the opportunity to pray with you today. Let's continue in worship. Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So
name. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor say, he is risen. He is risen. Say it like you believe it. Say, he is risen. In Luke uh, 24, Resurrection Sunday, I love the question that they asked. They said, why are you searching for the living amongst the dead? He is risen. He is alive. And we get to give him praise for that this morning. Come on, let's give him praise one more time. You reign above it all, Lord. We worship you this morning. You can go ahead and grab a seat in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to say welcome to Dothan First. For those of you that I haven't met yet, my name is Will. I'm the youth pastor here. And we just love what God is doing in this house. Can I get amen? And to our first time guests this morning, or maybe you've been here for a while and you haven't gotten connected yet, we just want to say welcome. Uh, Dothan First, can we give it up for our first time guests? Especially those watching online. If you're watching online, go ahead and comment and let us know where you're watching from. And if you're here, uh, we encourage cellular use. So uh, go ahead and take out your smart device. Uh, you can scan the QR code on the screen, uh, fill out the connect card. You can grab the connection card from the seat pocket in front of you, or you can text D1TEXT to 84576. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. And then hold on to that connection card. After service, you can place it in one of our giving boxes. We would love, for you, we would love to meet you and exchange that connection card for a gift. And you get to meet our leadership team. Team. But Dr. First, can we welcome our first time guests one more time? 
We believe life change is going to happen today. And uh, as I referenced on that connection card, if you make a decision, go ahead and mark that as well. Uh, if you make a salvation decision today, we want to follow up with that. But we also want to encourage and challenge you to take your next steps. That may be through uh, baptism, where we get to celebrate you coming to new life. And that also may be through Grow Track, which is not just our membership course. It's our pathway to ministry. So we want to encourage you to do that. But please hold on to that connect card. Come meet our leadership team. Also, we want you to follow us on social media. We have a ton of platforms that you can follow us on, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. We want people to know what God is doing, and you can help Pastor Mark preach the message today. It's going to be a good one. If you're, uh, even if you're in the room right now, if you already follow us on Facebook, go ahead and share the service right now. You may think, what's the purpose in that? We want to extend the reach of the gospel today. We want as many people to hear the good news that we are so privileged to hear, so please do that. And also, at, at the end of service, as you've seen coming into our lobby, we have a beautiful photo booth. Please take pictures, tag our location, tag us at Dothan1ST. We want to see your lovely face. As a matter of fact, look at your neighbor real quick. Stare at them real good. Say, neighbor, you look real good this morning. You look real good. So please utilize our photo booth. Also on the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along with the message notes. Uh, again, we want to encourage, We want one, we want to give everybody access to God's Word, but two, we want you to follow along with God's Word. So please follow the prompts on the screen. Uh, again, it's going to be a great message. It's going to be so good that you're going to send the notes to somebody that needs to hear this message, and they're not going to have any context. You're just going to send the notes and say, you need to come to my church. Because if you see on YouVersion as well, you can send the address they still got time to get here. We have another service at 1045, and it's going to be a good day. How many are thankful to be in the house this morning? So good. We have some exciting things happening at Dothan First. As always, we celebrated our Easter egg hunt yesterday. Uh, but next Sunday, we're starting a three-week series, a new series called You Matter. Come on, somebody say You Matter. It's, it's going to be important. You need to be here. And then in May is our celebration month. And it's going to start with our kids' first takeover, Mother's Day. we got a lot of moms in the house. Graduation Sunday and then Pentecost Sunday. You're not going to want to miss any one of those Sundays coming up. And it's just going to be a great day. Speaking of celebration, speaking of Resurrection Sunday, now is the time where we get to give. How many are thankful and glad that God has blessed you? He's so faithful. He's so generous. You're going to see five ways to give on the screen. I want to encourage you right now to use one of those. We don't traditionally pass the plate here. But if, as you see those prompts, I just want to let you know what God has done in this house. Because your sacrificial generosity is leading to someone else's salvation. Your sacrificial generosity is leading to others' salvation. And on behalf of the 60-plus missionaries we support through the digging of water wells, providing clean drinking water, planting churches, rescuing people from human trafficking, disaster relief, and other ways we spread the gospel, we want to thank you for your faithful generosity. Give yourselves a round of applause. We are so thankful for this house. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. And I want to go ahead and pray a blessing over this time of giving. And if you have it with you, you can just stand it, sit it out in front of you or just beside you. And you may give online, whatever you utilize. We just want to pray. We want to pray a prayer blessing over that offering. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you so much for these generous givers, for the people that are in this house that are choosing to, they're not giving out of compulsion. They're giving out of, out of joy. They're giving because they want to support the vision, not of just of this house, but what is talked about in your word. We want as many people to hear the gospel, 
to hear the good news. Lord, it's not just the, it's not just good news, it's the best news. And we pray a blessing over everyone in this house today, every giver. And Father, I'm believing that, that lives are going to be touched today in this house. And all God's people said, amen. Go ahead and turn your attentions to the screen. Our story is Adam and Eve's story. We were hiding in the garden, making excuses for our sin, unable to cover up our shame. Our story is Jonah's story. We were running from God, denying our calling, surrounded by a raging sea. Our story is a prodigal son story. We were wasting our blessings, lost in our failures, too afraid to return home. Our story is Peter's story. We were unbelieving, full of fear and doubt, our faith slowly sinking beneath the waves. But that is not the end of our story. We are all longing to be restored. We want to stop running. We want to be found. We want to believe, and we are crying out for a savior. So God stepped in, into a broken world, into human form, into our very lives. God stepped into our mess, into our sin, into our failure, our fear, our doubt. Stepped into death, and the door shut behind him. And then he arose and left it all in the grave. He wiped clean our story and started writing a new one. One without shame, without fear, without death. A story full of love and forgiveness. A story of redemption and restoration. It's our life story. It's his story. It's a resurrection story. Thank God for the resurrection story. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to take a moment and welcome all those that are joining with us for the very first time and those that are joining with us for the first time online. What a blessing it is to have you. And uh, can you take one more moment and just give it up for all of our first time guests in the house? Come on. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So glad you're here. Go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We will gladly get a Bible into your hands free of charge. We just want the story of Jesus Christ to be in your hands. But listen, would you take that copy of God's Word or turn on your cell phone or your tablet, PC, however you're, if you got the Bible in there in the YouVersion app, and can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, 
I'll receive God's word and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look pretty good on Easter Sunday morning. I promise you, you look really good. And if you don't know him, just welcome him to the service today. And, uh, you know, I, I did hear a story one time about a uh, little kid that was there on Easter Sunday in the kids' ministry. And, of course, the children's pastor trying to get all the kids engaged with the true message of Easter. And they say, kids, what is Easter all about? What does it celebrate? And one of the little boys raised his hand. He was so excited. He said, that's the day when Jesus hid all the eggs from the disciples, you know. And, it, you know, there's a confusion sometimes among our kids about what Easter's all about. That's why that we had a special service yesterday for our kiddos. And even amidst all the rain, we had a special service where all those kids got to hear the real meaning of Easter and what Jesus did when not only he died for us, but he rose again for us. And so today, I want to solve the mystery of Easter for those of you who might think it was the day that Jesus hid the eggs from the disciples. I'm here to explain to you the mystery of the story. And I love a good mystery. I mean, mystery movies, mystery novels, great. But I got to tell you, my favorite all-time mysteries was I, I used to love watching cartoons as a kid. I would rush home from school, turn on the TV to watch Scooby-Doo. How many of you Scooby-Doo watchers back in the day? Oh, yeah, old school. And it was a mystery. It was one of the only cartoons that was a mystery. The problem was if I got home too late from school, I'd have to turn it on halfway in the middle of that episode, and I didn't know what in the world was going on. I mean, the mystery machine was already going out there, and they were trying to solve the mystery, but I had no clue what had happened. How many of you know? You got to know the first part. You can't open up the novel halfway through a mystery novel and then immediately know what happened. You got to know the first half in order to understand the second half. And that's sometimes the problem with Easter. As people know about Easter, we know that Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a sinless life, right? Then he died on a cruel cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose again from the grave. But that's two-thirds of the way through the Bible. <laughs> How many understand? If you don't know the first two-thirds, you're not going to fully understand the second, two, uh, uh, second one-third of the Bible. And so you got to understand in this process of history you need to understand the mystery in the history. <laughs> Why did God send Jesus to the earth? Why did Jesus have to die? Who did Jesus die for? I mean, what, what was the significance of his death? What was the significance of his resurrection? And then most importantly, I think for all of us here today, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> like, what's the big deal about all this Easter stuff? Is it just to dress up, look nice, take a picture out there? Hashtag Dothan first, right? We got a tag. Make sure everybody sees us on social media that we took a picture on Easter Sunday morning because we look nice in the outfit we came in. Come on, somebody. It's bigger and better and more significant than that. There is a mystery in the history of life that needs to be solved, and I'm here to help solve it. Matter of fact, if you'll help me, because this may be the most and probably will be the most important thing you ever hear in all your life. So listen like your life depends on it, because it does. But over the next 25 minutes or so, if you'll help me, 
I will take the next 25 minutes and, and I will talk about the mystery in our history. And I'm going to tell about the story of Jesus Christ. But more than that, I'm going to start all the way back at the beginning and I'm going to end up in Revelation. So I'm going to start in Genesis and I'm going to end in Revelation. I'm going to start with the first chapter and the first verse of Genesis. And I'm going to take you all the way through the book of Revelation to the last chapter. And I want you to know in the middle of all of this from beginning to end 25 minutes you better pray for your pastor to get through all the way through the bible in 25 minutes or so just look at your neighbor and say he's not going to do it <laughs> i don't believe he's going to do it i want to explain the panorama of history from beginning all the way to the middle in the resurrection and then to the end of time god's plan for the universe and more importantly god's plan for you History is just his story. It's not my story. It's really not your story. We have a small part to play. Relative to the whole of human the human race, we have a relatively small part to play. It's important, but it's a relatively small part to play. But God's story is really beginning to end. He's, he lives outside of time. So I want you to understand that this is this mystery of history is history is his story. It's all about God. Matter of fact, God started it, God sustains it, and he's going to finish it when it's all said and done. God has the last word. And I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1 and get yourself prepared. Just turn it, flip to the beginning of your Bible, a few pages past the index, to the very first verse, very first chapter. And I want you to put your finger in that for just a moment. And I'm going to read to you, and it's going to be up on the screens in a moment, Ephesians chapter 3 that explains the mystery of history. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6 says it like this. This is the story of the mystery of Christ. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives stand on the same ground. Everybody say same ground. That means we are all level at the foot of the cross, right? It, it means that whether you've been saved for years or you just came into the house today for the very first time, I want you to know we all stand at level ground at the foot of the cross. There, there's no special treatment that you get just for being born into a Christian family. It, it says that we're all level at the foot of the cross, but here's what it says. Then they get... The same offer, the same help, and the same promises in Christ Jesus. So no matter what background you've grown up in, no matter ish, what issues you face, no matter what sins you've committed, you need to understand all things can be made new in Christ Jesus starting today. All things are made new. Anyone can choose Jesus. It says the message is now accessible and welcoming to just a few people that do it right, look right, live in the right state, city, country. No. What's it say? It says, the message is accessible and welcoming to who? Everyone across the board. So, what's the very first part of this mystery of history? Well, if we look back in Genesis, and I said you should already turn there, we understand that God created everything. Everybody say God created everything. <laughs> right? So once upon a time, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, let's read it together. It says this, in the beginning God created 
the heavens and the earth. So here's the thing. We know that he created it. Most of us don't have a problem with that. But why did he create it? Why did he go to all the trouble of creating this entire world? The reason that he created the universe is because he, he wanted us to know who he was and what he was like. His nature, his character. Romans chapter 11 verse 36 says, For everything comes from God alone and everything lives by his power and everything is for his glory. So there's a lot of things we can know about God and the nature of God and who he really is just by going out into nature. Right? We can just see in creation. The, the beauty of God's creation tells the story of his glory. Right? You, you look at the variety. God obviously loves variety because there's different kinds of plants and millions of types of trees and different types of flowers with different types of colors. And there's all these beautiful, wonderful things in nature that describe that God loves variety. He loves diversity. As a matter of fact, just look down your row right now at somebody else and you can see nobody is the same. God loves variety. Every snowflake is different. Every tip of your fingerprint is different than everybody else in human history. God loves diversity. He never created a clone. We can see in the nature of God that he's creative. Think about the intricacies of the human body or the vastness of the human mind, and you can tell God knows what he's doing. There's a place and a purpose for everything in all of creation. God knows what he's doing. We can tell that he's organized. Everything is structured out just perfectly. The world sits on an axis where if it moved just a one degree, we would freeze or one degree this way and we would burn up. How many of you know God knows what he's doing? He's organized. It's clear in creation. He's powerful. That's so clear. Look at the wind. Look at the waves. Look at volcanoes. Come on, somebody. We can see God is powerful just by looking at creation. We know that he loves beauty. He loves colors. Think about the sunrise and the sunsets, all the different things. The Bible says that heaven's and earth declare the glory of God. Friends, this is all the story of God's glory. That's what creation is all about. But it's a step further than that. He didn't just cre create creation just so that it would look nice. He did it for another reason. He did it to express his love to us. How many know God doesn't just have love. He is love. He is the essence of love. His character and his nature is all about love. And he made everything in the universe just so he could love it. He made you to love you. Matter of fact, you wouldn't have the ability to give and receive love if it wasn't for God. Right? The fact is, God loves you with an everlasting love. Psalm 145 verse 9 says his compassion or his love is intertwined in everything he does. It, it was all to express God's love. God never made anything that he didn't love, including you. God never made anything that he didn't have a purpose for, including you. The reason you're alive, the reason you're taking your next breath right now is because God loves you with an everlasting love. That's why God made you. Friends, even when you make mistakes, God loves you. On your good days, on your bad days, he loves you. When you feel it and when you don't, he still loves you. God loves you when you think you deserve it, when you think you don't deserve it. Friends, he still loves you. Listen, everybody else in your life is going to love you conditionally. Oh, what did you do for me today? What did you do for me yesterday? What are you going to do for me tomorrow? It's all about a conditional love, but God loves you unconditionally. He loves you eternally. God loves you. And listen, it's not based on your performance. It's based on his goodness. It's not based on what you do. It's based on who he is. 
He's the author and perfecter of our faith, but he created us to love us. And the reason that he created us is because he wanted a family. He wanted kids. He wanted you. He wanted kids to express his love to and to share his love with. You were created to become a part of God's family. Listen, friends, God wasn't lonely. He didn't need us. He just wanted us. Just like so many great parents, they have kids to love them, to encourage them. James chapter 1, verse 8 says it like this. God chose to give birth to us, talking about his children now, by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his, look at this, prized possessions. Just look at your neighbor and say, you are a prized possession. If you've got a spouse next to you, you go, you are the prized possession. You didn't say that to your wife in a good way, so I'm going to try it again. I'm giving you guys a chance to do this now. You are a prize, girl. Mm. You are my prize, girl. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to wake up the people in the back row. All right, here we go. You matter more to God than anything else. You're his prized possession. God created the entire universe just so that he could create this planet, just so that he could create the entire human race, just so that he could create you, just so that he could love you. That's a good God. Matter of fact, if you understand how much God passionately loves you, you will stop dealing with low self-esteem and insecurity and inferiority. Why? Because you're the apple of God's eye. He loves you so much and he sees so much in you. The Apostle Paul said it like this, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, talking about the vastness of who he is, he says, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father of this great family of God. God wanted me in the family and it overwhelms me. The God of the universe would want me. The God of the universe would want you because he loves you. So the first part is, number one, God created everything. You want to know what the second one is? Mankind messed up everything. <laughs> Mankind ruined everything. Adam and Eve messed it all up. Hate to say it. Don't want to talk about it. It's right there in the beginning. God created a perfect planet. Put the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, in this beautiful tropical paradise called the Garden of Eden. And everything was great. It was a perfect environment. No sorrow, no sickness, no suffering, no sadness. Everything is great. No bills to pay. Come on, somebody. No taxes to pay. Come on, somebody. Mm. Think about this. Perfect environment. No in-laws. Mm. Some of you, don't say amen too loud. No distractions, right? A perfect woman, no clothes. Come on, somebody, a good God. I'm just trying to wake up people in the balcony. Now I've made it all the way to the balcony. Like most parents, God wanted children and he wanted to pour in his love to them. But in order for them, listen, to be able to love him back truly, God had to give them a choice. Listen, God had to give them a choice. Let me say it again. God had to give them a choice. That's the only way you can truly prove love. 
If you're forced to, then it's not really love. Then we're just a bunch of robots. How many know we're not robots? God gave us a free will to choose, and God allows us. Listen, he, because of his love, because of his goodness, he allowed us the opportunity to love him back. Humans needed a choice. It would have been like Adam looking at Eve and going, girl, you are the only woman on earth for me. How many know? He didn't have a choice. He's got to have a choice. And so God gives them a choice. He just says, hey, look, out of all of this beautiful, wonderful, amazing creation in perfection in the Garden of Eden, I'm just going to give you a little, one little tiny, itty bitty, tiny thing, one little tree. Don't eat from that tree. Everything else, totally cool. Eat from everything. Just one little thing. Don't, don't touch that one. Where does Adam and Eve go? Right for that tree. And Adam took that fruit, ate of it. Sure enough, took it like a man. Said, God, I blame the woman. I'm telling you, I'm blaming the woman. And men and women have been blaming each other ever since. Look, God could have said 99% of this garden is off limits. He could have said 50% of this garden is off limits. He said one tiny little thing just to give them a choice. And they chose sin. And the effects of that sin and disobedience is catastrophic on the earth. One of the consequences of sin is that sin brought death on the planet. Romans chapter 15 verse 12 talks about this virus of sin that infected the entire world. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. His sin spread death throughout the world. So everything, everybody say everything. Everything began to grow old and die for all sinned. Be like if somebody took a vial of COVID-19 virus and poured it into our water system, we'd all be immediately infected and we wouldn't even realize it until it was too late. And this is what happened when sin infected the entire world's system. Do you realize before Adam and Eve disobeyed God, did you know there was not death on the planet? But sin brought death. That moment sin entered the world, it ruined everything. But before you get too upset, blaming Adam and Eve alone, going, oh, it was those guys. They're the bad guys. How many know we are all guilty? We all did it. We share the blame. We've all sinned. Not one single person is perfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all hurt God. We've all hurt others. And in doing so, we've all hurt ourselves. And every one of us did the exact same thing Adam and Eve did. We've turned away from God. We said, I'm going to do what I want to do. God, I know you said this, but I'm going to do this instead. And we made our willful choice. He said, don't do it. And we did it. All have sinned. Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. We all messed up. We're all guilty. We all fall short. And so not only did sin enter the world, but this next catastrophic situation, this consequence of sin was that the world is broken. It's broken by sin. How many know nothing works perfectly in this world? Think about it. Because sin entered the world, nothing is perfect anymore. Your body is not perfect anymore. And I'm not just talking about the way it looks. I'm talking about the way it smells, the way it feels, the way you woke up this morning with the creaks and the cracks, right? 
How many of you know our bodies don't work perfectly because of sin? Because sin entered the world, it messed up our DNA. It messed up our genetic code. That's why there's disease in the world. Our minds are broken because of sin. They don't work perfectly. Our emotions are out of control because of the sin nature inside of us. Our relationships don't work perfectly. I was going to say, raise your hand if you can attest to that, but don't do that. I don't know who's in the room. You never can tell. Our economy is all messed up because of sin. How many know it does not work perfectly? 401k goes up, goes down. Doesn't work perfectly. Everything was broken because of sin. Matter of fact, the Bible even talks about the weather patterns are broken because of sin. All creation groans because of the sin virus that destroyed everything. Everything on the earth. And more than that, our cravings, our attractions, our desire, it was all broken down because of sin. Because of evil in the world, listen, things entered the world that God never intended. Sin entered the world, and because of it, we now have rape and molestation and child abuse and racial injustice and wars and sex trafficking, and you name it. Every sin brought this broken world death. Sin messed up everything. Isaiah 24, 19 says the earth was broken down and in utter collapse. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. Does this not sound like our world today? third consequence of sin was that we lost our purpose. <laughs> it, we're not just broken, friends. We're not just all one day going to die because of sin. The Bible says we, we are literally lost our purpose. We don't know where we're going. We are lost and confused. This Listen, God gave us so many good gifts. Listen, food is a great gift from God. How many know it can be used and abused and misused? And sex is a gift from God. It can be used and abused. How many understand? We've had an identity crisis in our world today all because we're confused. We lost our purpose. Money is and power is abused and misused. Why? Because sin entered the world, broke things down, death entered the world, and now we live under this thing called a curse. The curse to lose our purpose. But here's what it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 20 and 21. For creation was condemned to lose its purpose, all because sin entered the world. But it goes on to say, yet there was still this hope. Turn your neighbor and say, there's still hope. Just let them know. There is still hope. It says the still hope was this, that all creation would one day be set free from its slavery to decay. All of that thing that broke us down and leaves us purposeless. Now, it says we'll be set free from sin's slavery to decay and we will share listen in the glorious freedom of the children of God even with all the sin and the abuse and the brokenness God says there's still hope the first two-thirds of the Bible listen God says I'm going to send a solution I'm going to send a solution. There's still hope. You may have messed up your lives. You may have messed up your relationships. You may have messed up the planet, but there's still hope. I'm going to send you a savior. I'm going to send a solution. There's still hope. 
And this first two-thirds of the Bible is promise after promise after promise that there's still hope. God's going to send a solution. God gives us the scriptures with symbols and signs and sacrifices through priests and prophets that one day God would send a Savior, the solution to our sin problem, and we would be set free, finally free to live for him. Friends, It's not over yet. God created everything. Man ruined everything. But listen, friends, the greatest part of this this mystery of history is that Jesus restores everything. Friends, that's why we celebrate Easter today is God restores everything. God sent Jesus to restore and rebuild a relationship between us and God to make everything right that was wrong. A lot of people have made history, right? They made a name for themselves. Think about it. A lot of people in the world have have a great name. They may have died and we study them in the history books because they did something great. They have a Guinness Book of World's Record. Their name is great. They did this or they did that and that makes them great or they made all this money or they started this business or they helped to set people free that were enslaved in some country somewhere or they helped uh, lead a war, a victory uh, out of the battle and all of these names that uh, are throughout history. All these people have made great names but you need to understand Jesus Christ has a name that's above every other name. The Bible says that at his name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Listen, friends, Jesus Christ, his name, his name is matchless. As a matter of fact, people have made history before, but how many understand nobody has ever split history before except Jesus Christ? He split history from B.C. into A.D. How many understand when he showed up on the earth, it split history into two parts? We understand everything B.C. is before Christ, but everything A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, we now live with the resurrected Messiah. He split history, friends. Do you know that every single time you write the date, 2023, 2023 years from what? From when Jesus Christ came to this earth on a rescue mission to save the lost, to save us. Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God, died on a cross to pay the penalty of our sins, the past, the present, and the future sins that we would commit. And that sin virus that infected all of humanity, every sin was paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. Listen, friends, the cross was invented by the Romans to be the most shameful way to die, excruciatingly painful death. They tried to to make that death so horrifying that other criminals might see it and be afraid and not commit a crime. It was a sick and twisted way to die. And yet, this is the way Jesus died. It was considered an instrument of torture. So why in the world do we have necklaces with a cross? I mean, how does a universal symbol of torture now become a symbol of hope? I mean, we might as well be wearing like a, I don't know, 
uh, executioner's chair, electric chair around our neck. I mean, that's like, why would we do that? Why would we have a cross out in the front foyer of our church if it's a symbol of torture? Why would we have it? It's because it's now a symbol of hope. Romans 4.25 says Jesus was given to die for our sins. And then he was raised up. Everybody say he was raised up. He was raised up from the dead to make us right with God. Easter is now a restoration story. It's a resurrection celebration. So why did Jesus on that cross, why did he go there? It was to pay the penalty for Adam and Eve's sin and for every one of us that have sinned against God. It was to give us a solution. Jesus restored what Adam ruined. Jesus replaced what Adam erased. Adam messed it up and Jesus cleaned it up. That's the story of Easter. We sinned. There was no way we could fix it. So God came down in human form to fix it for us. And that's the story. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, When we were unable to help ourselves just at the right time, Christ died for us, although we were living against God. Why did he do this? Because you and I are broken. I hate to say it, I don't like to talk about it, but the fact is we're all broken down. Our sin nature broke us down and we can create all kinds of rules and regulations and rituals to regulate our behavior. You could try to outlaw something tomorrow. You could try to pass a law tomorrow. There'll be no more racial injustice, no more bigotry or no more this or no more that. How many understand there will still be all of those things? We will outlaw selfishness in this world. How many know no matter how many laws you pass, the problem is you're trying to change your behavior when God has to change your nature. See, we're trying to change, listen, we're trying to change the laws, and the fact is, until you change the human heart, all the laws could be passed in this world, and it won't make a hill of beans worth a difference, because we have to change the human heart. The Bible says that the law of Moses could not change us. What's the law of Moses? It's the Ten Commandments. Well, pastor, I keep all the Ten Commandments. Well, let me ask you something. Can you even name all the Ten Commandments? I'll bring you up here right now. You raise your hand and say yes. I'll put you on the spot and ask you to come up here on the microphone and ask you to say all 10. Give it to me now. See, we, we like to think that we're law keepers, but we've all been law breakers. And if you don't, listen, if you don't fulfill the law perfectly, then you've broken the law. That means we're all, we, we're all sinful and we've all fallen short. Romans 8, 3 says it like this. We aren't saved from sin's grasp just by just knowing the commandments of God. We can know all about it. But God says this, listen, we can't and don't keep all of them. But God put into effect a different plan. Everybody say it's a different plan. A different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body just like ours, except that ours are sinful. And he destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for your sins. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, but he also paid the penalty to release us from the power of sin. So we could live in freedom. What does that mean, God destroyed sin's control? Well, think about it like this. What's all those bad habits that you keep doing that you can't quit? <laughs> that's sin's control over you. The unforgiveness that you can't let go of, that's sin's control over you. 
Listen, all the things that you've done wrong, even your, the self-defeating things that are bad for you that you keep on doing, those thoughts and worries and stress and fear that keep you down, the anger, the emotions, all the addictions and compulsions and cravings and attractions, all those things that you've tried to change but can't. How many understand that sin's control over you? Are there things that you know that are good for you and you don't do them? Yeah. Are there bad things that you continue to do even though you want to stop? Yeah. Have you tried to change? Yeah. Have you changed? No. Why? <laughs> because sin's nature, that, the control over that, that nature, the power of sin is there trying to control us. But here it is. You don't have the power to change your own nature. Only God can do that. We needed a Savior, friends. Romans 5.18 says it like this. Here it is in a nutshell. Just one person, just as one person did it wrong, he's talking about Adam, and got us into all this trouble and the sin and the death, another person did it right. That's Jesus. And he got us out of all of it. But more than just that, more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into new life. God gives us three types of life. When we say yes to him, he gives us a new life, meaning the old is gone. All the past sin can be forgiven and forgotten. The Bible says, wiped as far away as from the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you. Listen, friends, God's saying to you today, he wants to give you a new life where you're reborn, regenerated, all the old made new. But it's more than just a new life. The Bible says that it's an abundant life that we can now live with purpose again. God gives us a new purpose to live for. And then he gives us eternal life, which is a home in heaven. God takes care of all the sin, past, present, and future. Only God can offer that to us. But we have to listen. We have to choose to receive it. Listen, Jesus Christ is not going to force you to go to heaven. He's not going to force you to live a great, wonderful, awesome, abundant life. He won't force you. You have to choose. Jesus didn't just die. He rose again on the third day to give us new life. Jesus conquered the grave, friends. Somebody, listen, the enemy thought he had won. The devil thought he had won. Death thought he had won when Jesus Christ was nailed to that cruel cross and took his last breath and said, it is finished. And the devil partied on Friday and he partied on Saturday. It was a weekend party. I know none of you in this room know what a weekend party feels like, looks like, sounds like, smells like. Just adjust your halo like you don't know what I'm talking about when you partied all weekend. B.C., before Christ. <laughs> The devil thought he had won, but early on Sunday morning, come on somebody, Jesus Christ kicked down death, hell, and the grave. He said, it is finished for good. From this day forward, they will live eternally in covenant with me, but they must choose. They must choose. God created everything. Mankind ruined everything. Jesus restored everything, but here it is at the end of time. And the worship team, if you come as we close, the fourth thing is this, God renews everything. After Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs, meaning with, it was, uh, he, he released his goodness to this world. He showed them that he was truly alive. 
not just to his disciples, not just to a few people. He released his goodness and proved himself alive to hundreds and hundreds of people at one time. And then he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And the Bible says that he is now praying for you. He's interceding for you. This Easter Sunday morning, listen, friends, he's praying right now that you're going to make the right choice. God, the Father, is listening to Jesus intercede and pray. Lord, help that wayward one. Help him make the right choice. Help them choose me. Help them choose eternal life. Help them choose right. God renews everything. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. The world started in perfection in creation in Genesis, and it will end in perfection in heaven. In the book of Revelation, it says it like this, verse, chapter 21, verse 5, God says, I am making everything new. It's a new heavens. It's a new earth. As a matter of fact, Revelation 22 answers the mystery of history that we talked about. It says it like this, that we will eat of the tree of life. Look, think, think about this. God gave permission. In Genesis, in the garden, the reason they were kicked out of the garden and died, that was the most merciful thing God could have done. Can you imagine if they'd eaten of the tree of life after they had experienced sin? They would have been living eternally in a sinful state. God chose to give us an outlet called death that, because he knew that we would live eternally either with God or separated from God. He was going to give us a choice. Listen, friends, I want you to know you were made for eternity. You were made for eternity. You, you are going to live forever, either eternally separated from God, that's called hell, or eternally with God, that's called heaven. And you get to choose. Listen, it, you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a free gift from God. But he gives us all the choice. He said, I did everything for you. All you now have to do is accept that by faith. He says, you'll drink of the water of life. You'll have newness in heaven. The Bible says in Revelation 22, there'll no longer be a curse. We're no longer going to live under a curse. The Bible says those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life, that is believers who are sold out, that is those of us who have said yes to Jesus, to make a willful commitment to say yes to God, that's who he's talking to. He says you'll be made new. Friends, listen to me. Don't live beneath your purpose. Jesus explained what your purpose on earth is for. One of the teachers of the law asked him, what's the most important command in all of the scriptures? And Jesus outlined it by saying this. He said in Mark chapter 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second command is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. What's he saying? He's saying the whole Bible is summed up in four words, love God and love people. And some of us in this room are living beneath the purpose that God intended. It's time for you right now to give yourself back over to the creator of the universe and say, God, you created me for a reason so that you could love me and so I could fulfill a purpose. Now help me, help me fulfill that purpose on the earth. You can waste your life to try to gain possessions or position or popularity or prestige or pleasure. You can worship at the God of success and salary and status, or you can worship the Savior, King Jesus. Listen, friends, 
You're free to make your own choices, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. Those choices have eternal implications. And even though we sinned and rebelled against God, he said, I still love you. And Jesus came to solve that sin problem in your life and in mine. That one that we couldn't solve ourselves, he came to solve it for us. God came to earth in human form, lived a sinless life, died on a cross for our sins, was buried in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again from the dead to give us eternal life and to break off the curse that Adam and Eve left us with. Jesus Christ came to restore us, to renew us. And friends, today, God loves you eternally. Everlasting love. Salvation is as simple as the ABCs you've got to accept. Accept that you've sinned and that Jesus Christ could be the Lord of your life because he made up for it. He paid the penalty. We deserve death eternally but and separated from God eternally, but Christ came to give us eternal life. So we've got to accept that. That's called repentance. You know what repentance is? It's a fancy word that just simply means you're walking willfully toward your sin and away from God and stopping. Repentance is this, turning around and walking toward Christ, turning your back on sin and saying, from this day forward, I'm going to choose to live for Christ. Does that mean you'll never sin again? No, listen, friends, we all fall short of the glory of God. Though the righteous fall seven times, listen, the Bible says we'll get back up again we'll get back up again. Then we need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is who he said he was, the son of almighty God. And then let her see, we've got to confess our sins. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive your sins. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that is the mystery of history. That God loves us so much that he now gives you the choice. In just a few minutes, I'm going to have you close your eyes and bow your heads, and I'm going to ask you to take inventory of your own lives here today on Easter Sunday morning. I'm going to give you the choice right now. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to choose? You're going to serve somebody, friends. I'm inviting you to serve Christ Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, the one that's praying that you'll make the right choice today. And listen, friends. You may be away from God. Some of you in this room, this is the first time you've ever crystal clear heard the gospel message from cover to cover. And listen, I would be so overjoyed. It would be my greatest joy to invite you into relationship with Jesus Christ, the only one who can set you free and make you brand new. Listen, I'm not here to judge you. It's not my heart to condemn you. It's my heart to just simply invite you. There may be others of you that you've known about the Lord, you've known about God, but you're away from God. Listen, I want you to know you're in good company today. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But listen, friends, there may be moms or dads that have been praying for you. Grandmas and grandpas that have been praying for you that you'd be in a room like this and given the opportunity to make a choice. Friends, if you're away from God or you're running from God, listen, like a prodigal child, why are you running away from the only one who loves you? Why would you run from the one who desperately wants you? He loves you and you haven't gone too far. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God loves you. 
He still loves you. And he calls you back into relationship. Or maybe today you're religious. You've got your religious smile and your religious outfit on and you've come to this religious service on Easter Sunday and you've done your traditional thing. But God's calling you from religion to relationship. He's calling you to a deeper relationship with him. Religion won't get you to heaven, friends. Christ Jesus will get you to heaven. He's the hope for eternity. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment. Those watching online or here in this room, regardless of where you're at, friends, spiritually, I'm inviting you to make a willful decision to make him Lord of every area of your life. You say, I'm not sure, Pastor. I'm not 100% sure. Listen, the Bible says these things that have been written, they've been written that you might know that you have eternal life. Friend, you can know that you know today. You don't have to leave not knowing. You can know today. Friends, now that you know about God's love, his passionate love for you, don't reject him. He loves you. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to simply slip up your hand. And by the raising of that hand, it's simply saying, Mark, include me in this closing prayer today. I want to be in the family. I want to know that I know that I have that everlasting love that's in my heart now, that I have God's love. I have hope for eternity because of this willful decision. Those watching online, you can respond right now as well. I'd like you to do this on the count of three to just respond to Jesus Christ by slipping up your hand, letting God know, I'm in. I'm in. On the count of three, one, two, Three. Come on, right now, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Yes, so many hands lifted. God bless you. On the main floor, in the balcony, God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. God bless you. Toward the back right here. God bless you over here. Yes, God bless you. Yes. Anybody else? That's you today. Come on. God's reaching out to you. His loving hand is reaching out to you. Would you simply respond by saying yes to him? Come on, if that's you, slip up your hand. That's you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to invite you into this simple prayer. I'm going to invite those who just raised their hand. I want you to say this prayer out loud like you mean it. But I want all of us to say this prayer out loud. I want you to say it like you mean it with all your heart. We're going to pray a prayer that's going to change your life for eternity. Here it is. Let's pray together. I'm going to lead you. Would you repeat after me? Everyone in the room, say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say, Lord Jesus. I want to receive your gift of love for me. Forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you the Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you just stand up all over this house? Give God some praise. Come on, man. Let's have a standing ovation to worship the King together.
Now listen, friends, I'm going to give you some brief instructions. So if you'll listen very carefully, this is our first service. Everybody say first service. All right, now look around and tell the neighbor next to you, somebody wants your parking space. Okay, just tell somebody's going to want your parking space. Now listen, I want those that are first-time guests in the house I'm going to release some of our leadership team right now to go back to our guest reception area. It's a special room prepared just for you. We want to give you a gift for hanging out with us. And it's out the doors. And before you get to the very end, it's just to the left-hand side. You'll see guest reception. And we invite you to stop by. But listen, here's my instruction to you, okay? First of all, I want to tell you I love you. I'm so thankful that we get to do life together. And if you don't have a home church, I would be so honored to invite you to be part of this church family. But most importantly, I want you to be in a Christ-centered church. Whether it's here or someone somewhere else, we, we love other pastors, leaders, and love other churches in this city, and we partner with them. Everybody who lifts up the name of Jesus, we partner with. But I, I just want to encourage you, you've got to be part of a Christ-centered church family. So I invite you, if it's not here, somewhere. But I invite you this Wednesday, next Sunday, be a part of what God's doing here at Dothan First. What a joy it would be for us. Secondly, I want to let you know, in a moment I'm going to release you with a blessing. But I'm going to invite you to do this one thing. If you, in maybe, maybe uh, at your work, your place of business, your social media platform, maybe there's people in your life that don't know Jesus. Listen, friends, I want you to pray about and pick at least one person to be a blessing to. One person to invite to church, one person to, to share this message with, to go online at YouTube or Facebook or wherever and, and share the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, people need to know the love of God. And it's our job to release that love. Now, I'm going to tell you this. There are those in the room who made a decision for Christ. Whether you raised your hand or not, I know you meant business with God. I'm going to invite you to do this. Would you take out this Connect card and simply check the box, I made a decision to follow Christ, or I'd like to be baptized, which is the next best step after salvation. I'm going to encourage you to just simply fill that out, and you can either go into our guest reception, or you can turn this in at the giving boxes on the way out today near the doors. Or you can go online, if you've got a smartphone, text D1WALK to the number 84576. We'll send you a free downloadable copy of a booklet called One to One. We want to help you in your journey of faith, okay? All right, the next thing I want to let you know is if you want to sign up for baptism electronically, you can do that by texting D1TEXT to 84576 or use that QR code. You can simply do that by holding up your phone, your camera, and then hit the link and it'll give you access to that. Or you can do it with this physical card. But listen, friend, share the good news of Jesus Christ. Next week, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share with you how you matter to God and to this world. And I'm going to help you in your journey of faith, all right? Listen, last instruction. I said, everybody, there's people in the next service that want your parking space, okay? But I'm going to invite you, as you walk out today, if you'll exit those outside the doors and when you get outside and you're facing West Main Street, if you'll take the exit on this side and exit that way, Please don't exit out this side over here because there's people that are going to be coming in and we don't want anybody to have an accident on Easter. Come on. All right. I'm going to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing, a blessing to this city, a blessing to this region, a blessing to this world, a blessing to your coworkers and your neighbors and your family, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. Happy Easter. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.